You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Go ahead and just extend your hands to him. We just want to bless him right now. So, Father, we just thank you that you've anointed him, you've called him to this, and we thank you for his family being planted here and planting this church. So, Lord, fresh revelation over Andrew. Yeah, just uh, the anointing in him just to rise up, to flow out. I thank you, Lord, you've given us all ears to hear and eyes to see. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jay. Awesome. Good morning. Um, because we really like announcements around here, I'm going to continue with that theme. Um, we got some really, really fun stuff happening this next weekend. Um, a number of years ago, we had Brian Simmons come to the church. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's the guy that's doing the Passion Translation. He's amazing. He is amazing. And to hear him talk about how he's doing that and why he's doing that is just, it's mind-blowing. But when he came, he brought a worship leader with him. And when he walked in the door, I was like, that's Jesus. He's real thin, got really long hair, just looks like Jesus. I mean, dark, I mean, it's just like, I mean, that's what I think of Jesus, you know, when I see him, but it's like, he, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jesus. One of the sweetest guys I have ever met, just so genuine and sincere. And about three years ago, he ended up starting a church over in the Tampa Bay area, and it's blowing up. He's got three campuses already in three years. And he is, he's a special kind of special I mean, I know God loves us all, but he's a special kind of special. He's going to be here Saturday night. Everybody say Saturday night. Seven o'clock, he's going to be here. We're going to have a little time of worship together, and then we're just going to turn him loose and see what happens. He is, I have no idea what's going to happen, honestly. I haven't even talked to him about what's going to happen, but I know that when he comes, he's a big joy releaser, um, a revelation speaker. He's amazing. So you guys, if you have nothing on your calendar, put that on your calendar now. 7 o'clock, it'll be here in this room. It's going to be really awesome. And my anticipation is high, even though I don't know what he's going to be talking about yet. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So that's going to be awesome. Then next Sunday, uh, in the evening, we have the Crane's Roost Halloween event. Yes. And if you haven't heard much about that, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Crazy kind of testimonies come out of that. We have a tent there. We set up. We have three tables inside the tent, I think with like four chairs at each table. So there's 12 people sitting inside the tent. And it's just a night where people are coming up and getting prophesied over and getting healed. Um, Like it goes for four hours. It's nonstop. It's just nonstop. And we've even had people tell us, because we do, we put a sign out, says we're, we're tricky, you know, it says free spiritual readings. And it's a good way to capitalize on what's happening in the evening. People are really spiritually aware. And so we're like, okay, let me show you the real one and the right one. And... So we'll sit there, and people will come up, and we'll begin to prophesy over them, and it's nonstop. We've even had some of them say that there was somebody else there uh, that night in another booth that was doing, like, tarot cards or palm reading or something like that, and they came and said, you guys are way more accurate than them. (laughs) Well, it's because we know the source. I mean, we we don't have the counterfeit. We've got the source. So it's so much fun to see it happen. And Andrew Jesse's, this is really fun. This is an addition to this year. He's going to put a chair next to the tent. And we're going to have another sign there that just says, we're physician's assistant. And people are going to get healed like crazy. So it's going to be so fun. If that's something that sounds like fun to you, please sign up in the back. There's 
clipboards, I think, on the table back there. Please sign up for that thing because if you've never done the spiritual reading but you want to do it, I need to do a little bit of training with you before we get into it. It doesn't take long, but I need to do that. And that will happen at 445, everybody say 445, on Sunday night at Crane's Roost. It'll take 15, 20 minutes, we'll run through it, and then you can sit and watch how it happens. And I promise you, take this to the bank. If you sit there and you watch that happen a couple of times, you're gonna get so filled with joy and you're gonna explode on the inside and you're gonna find out that, man, this thing of prophesying, this thing of seeing people get healed, this thing of seeing people encounter Jesus is so easy. It's so easy. Jesus does not withhold, right? Can I get an amen to that? He gives the spirit without measure, right? So I don't need to beg for more. I just need to allow more of him to expand inside of me. And when I do that and I become vulnerable enough to do that and I start to speak, God shows up. God does pretty miraculous, amazing things. And I don't even know. We can go on testimony after testimony after testimony, but show up. It'll blow your mind. It'll be fun. We need that, people for spiritual readings, but we also need people to help out with the games, um, I don't know exactly what the games are going to be yet, so surprise. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we need people helping with that. Let me ask this question. Has anybody ever been down to Crane's Roost? Let me see a show of hands. Okay, almost everybody. You guys know it's a big path that goes around the lake, right? We are going to be set up where the big tower is. Everybody knows where that is? And there's a fountain right behind it with a green area. The games are going to be on that green area, and our tent's going to be right there near that big tower. So if you come looking for us, that's where we're going to be. And it's going to be awesome, guys. It just I like redeeming what has been hijacked. I love doing that. I, 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 I love the fact that the demonic is just simply a counterfeit to the original. And you don't need to worry about the counterfeit. You don't need to figure out how to find counterfeits. All you need to do is worry about the original. The original. And you bring the original, and all the counterfeits get exposed. So... That's where our theology is, that's where our heart is, that's where our passion is, and I, if you sit around here long enough, you're going to discover this. I want to see the church be the church. This right here is just a slice of the church. It's a very small slice of the church. We need it. We need to come together. We need celebration. We need vision. We need to go together, but really the church happens so much better outside these four walls. And I like hearing testimonies about it. I like doing things that will make testimonies. I like anything around that that will produce. So have I said enough about that? It's good is what I'm saying. It's just really, really good. So, so there's this thing happening Sunday night. It cranes roost. Okay, you get the idea. So, All right, all right, all right. Andrew, thank you uh, this morning when he was just bringing us into a response after worship. I really, really like that. If you guys don't know Andrew, you're going to be better off for knowing him if you get to know him. He's pretty amazing. And I, there's always a testimony coming out of him of somebody getting healed, somebody encountering who Jesus is. And that really is, honestly, that's the ultimate goal. I lived my life in a church that I love, but it, it filled me with all kinds of head knowledge. And Really, my dad's a biblical, he's a doctorate in theology. He's incredibly smart. But I I discovered that we educate ourselves far beyond our obedience. That's a good word, Andrew. We educate ourselves far beyond our obedience. We somehow think that if we just keep filling ourselves with knowledge, we'll finally have enough to where we could go actually bring the gospel to somebody. It doesn't work like that. Jesus used 12 really messed up guys. 
really messed up guys, and they changed the world. And what they did was they simply brought to the world what they encountered with him. Where do you think we get the Gospels? That's their story of their encounter with him. And I, and I love that, and I really do think that could really encourage all of us to be the church outside of these four walls. I just, I'm so passionate about it. If you haven't figured that out yet, I, I love it. It's an easy thing to do. And once you start getting into it, you start to discover that the fear that you have, any anxiety that you may feel about doing that, absolutely dissipates and disappears. Because what happens is, if it happens the same way to you that it happens to me, is I start to recognize that the Jesus that I love loves these people way more than I know how to love them. And when I yield to him, all of a sudden my heart fills with compassion and I start to see people the way he sees people. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's easy to release because now my heartbeat is beating with your heartbeat. And it's a whole lot easier to speak. It's a whole lot easier to empathize, to feel. How many in here don't see themselves as a very empathetic person or sympathetic person? Anybody in the room? Don't lie. Anybody? I am like the worst at it. I don't feel like that. I'm not a very sympathetic person. I'm pretty much like, let's just get the job done. Let's move. You know, if you trip and fall, we'll get you a Band-Aid. But you're going to be fine, all right? That's kind of how I operate, but I'm telling you, church, when you get in that mode where all you want to do is just release the kingdom, all of a sudden, levels of compassion and mercy start coming out. And if it can come out of me, it can come out of anybody. So, amen? All right. Um, For those of you who may not have been around here very much, um, this last season has been kind of interesting for me personally. Um, I don't feel like I'm up and down with it. I just feel like I'm in this season where I'm not sure exactly what to do with certain things. And I'm becoming more and more comfortable with that as a pastor because culturally, a pastor is supposed to know exactly what to do when they step on a stage, right? I have learned to be very comfortable with not knowing what to do when I get on a platform. And I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. And even last night, was it you guys I was talking with? Yeah, I was talking with Sheldon and... And just saying, you know, some, I think you asked me about something happened in tomorrow world. I don't remember, but I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I still really don't have any idea what's going to happen. I have a message I put together. I sent notes to the team back there, but I don't feel like that's what Holy Spirit is on. So I know that what I want, what I really want in my heart is I want to see the church set free. Anybody else? Now you might think, well, the church is free. No, they're not. The church is walking around believing a whole lot of lies whole lot of lies about themselves and a whole lot of lies about God. You really want to walk in true freedom, anybody? You want to walk in true, real freedom? True freedom is found when you come to the conclusion that you are a product of his decision, not yours. That's when you'll find freedom. When you come to the conclusion that you and I are a product of his decision and not mine. It takes the weight off of it, takes the pressure off of it, and all I have to do is just live in it. I want to see that happen. I'm I'm passionate about it. When I came to know Jesus actually as a person in 1999, like I grew up in the church, but he was this figure. He was a historical person. He was this this thing that would never get close to me because I was so dirty. I was so messed up. But he was that person. But when I finally got to know him and saw him as a person and he grabbed me and wrapped me up and I met him, it was like, oh, I've been believing a lie. You really are good. You really, really are good. And coming through that metamorphosis in my own life, that change, 
I, I remember standing in our house right after this happened. It was 1999. I was standing in our house in Nashville, Tennessee. My wife was in the kitchen. I was standing in what I would call our little dining area, which was very small. But I remember these words coming out of my mouth. I want to see the church set free because I experienced it. I know what it's like to be in church my whole life and not find freedom. To talk about it, to have people pray and do altar calls, for me to come forward, for me to cry my eyes out and to say things like, oh God, I just want free, I want free. And then I would experience him to some level, but I would walk out the door thinking that somehow it was up to me to maintain that. Come on, are you guys with me? I don't ever want to see anybody have to deal with that. It is not up to you to maintain it. It's up to you and I to simply come back to believing what he has already done. That's really what it is. If there's sin patterns in our life, it's not something that you're going to be able to fix by putting parameters in your life to stop sinning. If there are sin patterns in your life, it's all coming down to this one thing. You're believing a lie somewhere. That's what it is. You're believing a lie somewhere. If you believe the lie, you empower the liar. I love what Andrew said this morning. He's talking out of Colossians, right? He disarmed the demonic realm and made a public spectacle of them. So if, do we believe the word? He disarmed them, right? So that means how much power do they have? How much power do they have, church? How much power do they have, church? Zero, none, not a zilch, none. The only power they have is what we give back. And how do we give it back? You believe the lie. You believe the lie, you empower the liar. That's the only way they find the power. So I'm not sure what's going to happen exactly right now, but I really feel like we're in a place where we could see some people get really free. People held on by religious affectations, spiritual gyrations that you feel like you got to go through in order to climb up into heaven and get to another level because I saw someone that can do this and they can prophesy and do this and they can do that. So I need to work as hard as I can to try to get as good as that person. Trust me, they ain't that great. Aim a little higher. Let's move beyond our attachment to humanity and gifts inside of humanity. Let's move on to the one who actually gives them. Let's move on to finding the things inside of us that God has put in us that is so unique that nobody else can do it like I can do. Nobody else can do it like you can do, Ro. Nobody else can do it. And there's a reason why you're connected and like you're connected and you're connected to what we're doing here. It's because the fullness of the expression of Jesus Christ comes out in his body, not through one individual. We went through years in the church of having people on platforms and they were the whoo, get prayed for by them. Because they're the person. They're the ones that do the miracles, right? Come on, you guys, you recognize this, right? For years we went through this. I'm telling you right now, this season is done. It is done. We are not going to see transformation in the world until the body of Christ gets free, wakes up and sees who they really are and starts to act like it. Not perform, just simply act like it. We're called children of God, right? Which means then we have a father, and by that Father, that Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, we have inside of us, and it causes us to cry out, what? Abba. What is Abba? It's Daddy. It's like Father, but it's a very term of endearment. It's very close. It's like saying Dad. It's like saying Dad. When I first heard, started hearing that, it made me so uncomfortable. People saying, yeah, my dad, he's, uh, he's got all kinds of stuff available for me. Anybody else find that a little uncomfortable? I used to think it's uncomfortable, but I'm, I, I like it now. 
I want to see it accurately. I want to see it appropriately. So why don't we do something here? Um, are you guys as nervous as I am? I like awkward, though. I really do like awkward. I like that weird, awkward silence in conversations. It just gets really weird. And you just sit there and look at everybody in the face like, <laughs> you can't do anything about it, can you? <laughs> well, then, how about them bears? All right. So, yeah, my, I hope you guys are hearing me this morning. My heart, my passion, my desire as a pastor, as a leader, is never to do good church. I have so lost interest in doing good church. I'm so over that stuff. I am way more interested in looking at this long-term view where one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and he's not going to ask me, well, man, how good were your Sunday services? How was your worship team? Were they on that Sunday? You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not going to get those things asked of me. I'm going to ask of me if I was faithful to the things that he called me to. The church, boy, I feel something else. The church is wrapped up in being obedient. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is we're not obedient to the things that we've heard before. We have to be obedient to faith. There's an obedience, but it's to faith because the only thing that pleases God is faith. Hello? And that requires then I let my mind come out of what I've been taught with the word. I hold on to that and I never wanna lose it, but I don't let that restrict what God wants to do with me in the moment. It has to be pliable. It has to be flexible. It has to be ready to do something new. And I promise you, if you really want to walk this life of faith, you're going to discover that it gets changed all the time. How many times have you been in a situation where you're either going to pray for somebody or do ministry or speak or do something, and it's so easy to call on the things that you've experienced before and think that you're going to be able to do the same thing and get the same result? Now, that might happen, but it's not always going to happen that way. I love testimonies. We'll always have testimony. Andrew said it today. It literally means do it again. I will never stop wanting testimony, but I don't ever want that to restrict my ability to hear what God is doing. In other words, testimony is there to show you outcomes. It is not there to show you a process. Javen talked about finding money in his bedroom, in an envelope. Now, our human tendency is to go, I'm going to start looking for envelopes right? But it's not there to show you a process. It's there to show you an outcome. God provides. That's the outcome. And if I let myself get restricted into it's in an envelope somewhere, then I'm missing out. And it, next thing you know, it might be in the panel of my car door, but I'm not looking in there because I think it's going to come in an envelope. Now I'm oversimplifying this, but you understand what I'm doing right here. What would it look like if we had a group of people who were obedient to faith? obedient to faith. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that what? Say the word. Say it loud. Proceeds. There is a difference between a preceding word and a proceeding word. Preceding word is what we have and we hold on to. And if you don't know what else to do, hold on to the preceding word. What I'm looking for is that proceeding word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, the one that's continually coming, that rhema, that's that spoken word that's continually coming out of his mouth. If you don't know what to do, go back to principles. But that's not where we should live. I'm more interested in seeing transformation in the world around me. And I just, speaking from experience, it happens best when I put myself in a place where I'm vulnerable 
and I need Holy Spirit to show up. It always happens best that way. If I live by principles, I'll be admired. If I live by passion, I'll be contagious. Who wants to be contagious? I would much rather be contagious. I would much rather see my life reflect what it looks like in the book of Acts in the early church when Peter's walking by people and that shadow just heals them and he didn't have to do anything. You know what that tells me? It's not about me. It is about where I put my trust, where I put my affection, where I put my attention. What am I, what am I setting my mind on? What am I thinking about? You know you can do two things at once. Anybody in here think you can't multiply, multitask? You can. It's a spiritual gift. It's in the book of first hesitations. It's, it's a spiritual gift. You can multitask. Even though you think you can't multitask, you can do it because it's of spiritual heavenly origin, not of earthly. And when you have spirit inside of you, you're constantly in connection with him. Amen? Constantly. I love what Javen said that he never ran. You didn't have to chase him because he wasn't running for me. He's always there. He's the one like the parable that Jesus talks about where the father was standing there waiting for the prodigal son, looking for him. He's coming back. He's coming back. We get all excited because we think that in that parable, you know, the other son didn't leave, right? He didn't do anything. He's the one actually the parable is trying to have a hard time with. We call it the, the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, but it doesn't say that in scripture. It says, the story starts with, there was a man who had two sons. And it's not about the prodigal one who ran. It's about the one who stayed home and thought he was it. He did everything right. All right, I'm just jabbing right now. Everybody close your eyes for a minute. Let's just see what God wants to do here. Because God only shows up when you close your eyes, right? All right. Just to get our attention set, that's all we're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You have such a high value for it, Lord. Mm, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, God. Just begin to thank him for where you've experienced him, where you have found him bringing freedom to you, where you woke up to a superior reality that you're not obligated to live a life contrary to the word. Just think about that. Bring that back to the front for a moment. This is where it's at. I'll remember like David. I'll remember. Testimony's always before me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, Jesus. Just celebrate it in your own way for a moment. Just thank him. God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Do more, Jesus. Do more. Do more. Lord, I'm just going to declare right now and speak it out that in this room, people are going to get free right now. Not because they found the formula. They found the Father. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, church. It's not repentance and then you find the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So, Father, I'm praying right now, your kindness, your mercy, and your goodness just be wash all over this room right now all over this room yes god do your thing do this thing that you do because you're so good and perfect 
Thank you, God. Yeah. Okay, the first thing I'm feeling right now is I feel like people in here are going to get free from some family nonsense. Like you feel like your life is, it's almost like what I'm seeing is you feel like your life is directed by these walls on either side of you and you can only go in this direction. And it has to do with family, family history has to do with, I don't know, it just, it, there's not been a revelation of choice and there has not been a, a revelation of being powerful. So I want to pray right now that whatever that is, Holy Spirit, do the thing that you bring that mind and that heart outside of those lines, that you show what freedom is. Freedom to choose, freedom to have the ability to confront, freedom to be able to share your desires, share your heart without fear. Is anybody resonating with this right now? I don't think I'm speaking into the, to the wind here. Good. It's Right now, I feel like what God's bringing you is a whole new revelation of what it looks like to live healthily in a family without having to come under whatever has been, you've been told. In the family of God, there should be no manipulation and no fear. So right now, Father, I'm praying that that be released right now over every person in here. Just raise their hand, those who haven't. Whatever has not been revealed, Lord, you do it. You're the revealer. I'm not. Reveal it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I'm going to do something really brave here. Anybody who feels like that, you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but you're feeling like that, is something happening? You feel like something's happening. Just put your hand up. If you want to talk about it, I'll let you, but I don't want to force anybody. Anyone? Well, it really got quiet in here. Jesus, come on. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. All right, another one. Fear of man. Proverbs says that the fear of man brings a snare. It's a trap. Living in the fear of man, fear of what other people might think, what they might say, how they're going to view you. Trust me, church, this is not uh, a, a good trait. <laughs> fear of man is not something that's good. If that's you, where you're afraid, if you're in, here, here's, how it works, here's how it looks. If you're in situations where you're with people and you're constantly thinking about how they're going to perceive you, that's fear of man. If you feel like you need to do something in order to be accepted within a certain group, that's fear of man. Proverbs says it brings a snare. It's a trap. You never will live, live your life fully. You never will live it to the full extent as long as that's happening. Anybody else? Listen, that, that plagued me for years, man. Anybody else? You're being honest in the room? You avoid saying certain things because you're afraid of some, what somebody might think. It is not your job to control what they think. That's called manipulation. If you're trying to do something in order to get them to think something, that's manipulation. So right now I'm praying, fear of man be broken right now by the revelation of Jesus. That he's called you to be free, free, powerful people. Free, powerful people. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Come on, anybody feel anything happening? Anybody? I just want to see hands if you feel something happening. You feel like God's dropping something in there? Yes, good. Thank you, God. Yes, yes, yes. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep working, God. Keep working. If any of our team feels like they have something, just go ahead and bring it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Apostle John writes to his friend Gaius in 1 John, and he says, he says to him, friend, I would that you would prosper. I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. There's a freedom that hasn't been found in the church because the soul gets so bound up. It gets so bound up. It's so concerned about other things. It's so concerned about money. It's so concerned about people. It's so concerned about job. It's so concerned about so many different things. And the soul gets bound up. And he's saying, I would that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. It's not just about physical healing that Jesus purchased. It's healing inside your soul. Yes, God. I don't even know how to define that exactly. I feel like this is a pretty big one though. I want to, I want to do this. I want actually people to move on this one. If that's you, you just need healing in your soul, whatever it is, don't worry about trying to define it correctly or incorrectly. If you know you need healing in your soul, you feel like there's something inside. There's just a deficit. There's a something that just doesn't work right. Here's, let me give you parameters for it. Maybe it looks like this. You find yourself getting really amped up and charged very easily over the smallest thing. That's something that's going on in the soul. It's not actually healthy yet. You can't fix that by trying to do things. You fix that by letting the Holy Spirit reveal it. Anybody just want healing in the soul? We're gonna go soul healing here for a moment. Anybody, I want you to just go ahead and make your way up, up here on the front for a second. Just soul healing. Where things like, I'm just gonna keep speaking as they come to mind. Things that you have in your life, maybe painful things that you've experienced from years ago, but it feels like it was just yesterday. If somebody brings it up, if somebody talks about it, it hurts. And it always hurts and it never stops hurting. It's always been this way. This is what I'm talking about, soul healing. Do you wanna be free from that? You wanna be free so you can live life accurately and holy? Come on, get some of my team up here, prayer team. Let's get them up here. Start laying hands on people and just praying right now. This is how we become the church. We're just going to release right now impartation. And impartation is not me giving you what I have so much. It's me waking up inside of you something that's already there. Bringing freedom into it. I know what that feels like. I just got a picture of a sleeping bag. And sometimes you might feel like you just want to crawl into that sleeping bag, zip it up, and lock away everything that tries to hurt you. But God just wants to tell you, he's in that sleeping bag with you. It's okay to crawl in there, but he's with you. 
He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your tears. You might have successfully zipped yourself into the sleeping bag and tried to zip away everything, but not him. He is always there with you. That's so good. That's so good. I love that picture. Some of you, maybe you're up front right here. I want you to hold on to the stuff. I'm not telling you to forget memories. I'm not telling you to forget trauma. I'm telling you to embrace it. I'm telling you to simply hold it, look at it, and ask this question. Holy Spirit, what do you think about that? Jesus, what do you think about that thing? What do you think about that thing that happened to me that was so horrific? What do you think about that thing that happened to me that was just wrong? I was wronged. I was ripped off. Just ask him right now. What do you think about it? Listen to what he says. What do you think about it? really relating to this. Um, there's two words that people use interchangeably and they're not. There's, there's uh, guilt and there's shame. You know, guilt may be, hey, I did something wrong. And the great thing is there's, there's mercy from God. But when we deal with shame, there's, we take on this awful feeling that we are wrong. It's a personal thing. I just want to break that off of you right now. So shame go now in Jesus' name. And really the, the only way to break through that is just being vulnerable about it, sharing with somebody, hey, this is how I feel, this is what happened, this is what's going on, and realizing you don't own that. You're not wrong. If you're in Christ, you're right. You are in right standing with him. That is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to share just a, one of the biggest breakthroughs I had in my life, I think that maybe for someone here today, um, and a few of you have heard it before, but, um, you know, having this revelation that, you know, I, I realized God loves me, but for the longest time until a few years ago, I felt like he didn't like me, you know, cause I didn't like some things about myself and I knew other people didn't like some things about me. And when I started to realize that he likes me too. So if you're dealing with that at all today, I want you to ask Jesus right now, what do you like about me? What do you like about me? And let him answer that. It may come immediately, it may come tonight, it may come next week, but keep asking. He's going to tell you, and you're going to be blown away. And it might even be somebody, and this is what happened to me, that came up to me. You know, I was actually in a, a ministry setting and sitting down. It was a, a prophecy rooms at, at a big event, and this guy just sort of sitting there. He was the last one to speak, and he's just kind of studying me. And he just started to name off things that God likes about me, and you can see, like, the, the blood drain from my face, and I'm like... God just answered that question. And it was so personal. It was things that nobody else would know. That's how good he is. So I declare that over you right now in Jesus' name. That's good. That's good. Hi, my name's Angel. Um, when you were talking, you said about family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my family, all through my family, there's mental illness. And uh, I myself have been diagnosed with bipolar, mm -hmm. uh, borderline personality. And some things have happened not too far in the past that has caused uh, me to feel sick in my soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I sure need God's people. And I can't go on week after week like I've been going and not having a touch from God. Because it's through him that we're set free. And that soulishness Mm -hmm. that I feel in me that wants to cry out and, and be mad at God and be mad at God's people and just be wrong in my attitude. Lord, I just give that to you now, Lord. And Lord, anyone here in this room, Lord, that would have any bad feelings, any hurt things going on in their life, Lord, I ask that you would touch them, Lord God, that you would cause your peace to flow through them, Lord, and that they would know that they're not alone, that they're with you, Lord God, and that you're taking them through this situation in their life and that you will bring them out on top. Yes, Lord, I thank you for this. And I yes. give you praise and honor yes, and glory yes, in Jesus' yes, name. so good. Yeah, stay here just a second, Angel. Guys, that was pretty vulnerable right there. And what I know, what I've learned is the more vulnerable you are, the more breakthrough you get. It's just that simple. So everybody just extend your hands up this, up this way right here over Angel. And we're just saying right now, it's never too late. It's never too late. So every thought in your mind that circles around that, that saying, it's, it's too late. Right now, it's never too late. And we're just declaring what the heart desires right now. The word says, he will give you the desires of your heart. And the desire is freedom. Freedom. So we're just declaring it right now. There's absolute freedom. Not that you're waiting for it. It's already there. And your mind is changing about it. You're not fighting for it. You're fighting from it. It's a position that you own. It's the high hill. It's where you, you, you live there right now. So we're just declaring that, believing that with you and every other person in the room right here. Any kind of diagnosis of disorder, of the mind, of mental illness right now, be healed. Be healed. Those things are wrong. They just simply don't belong. We don't have to live with them. You don't have to live with them. So we just declare it gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now. Anybody else just want to say, I'm brave enough to say, yeah, that's me right there. That's me right there. I got that going on. Yep. Yep. I've had doctors tell me things about myself. Yeah. That's not my identity. That's not who I am. The problem I have is not with getting a proper diagnosis. The problem I have is with getting a diagnosis and now your identity is attached to it. That's what's wrong. If your identity gets attached to it, then you set up things in your life to try to keep you from doing the very thing that you say you are. That is not the gospel. The gospel is saying, yes, it might be a diagnosis about this, but the real gospel says freedom and you don't have to live with it. Freedom. Everybody hold your hands out here. There's all kinds of freedom getting released in this room right now. It's like water getting poured out. Yeah? Yes, yes. No more. You don't even have to think about it. Kick your mind out of gear for a moment. Let your heart receive, and then let it move into your mind and let it get renewed. With the heart one believes, with the mouth one confesses. It's got to move into your heart before it'll move out of your mouth. So let it move into your heart right now. The absolute freedom that Jesus purchased was all-encompassing, and he left nothing out. Nothing. Nothing was left out. He didn't leave 0.1% for you to finish. He got all of it. All of it. Absolute freedom right now. Every mind that is fighting and warring against the truth of the gospel right now, stop Every demonic influence right now in this room that's messing with mind, stop right now. Let the light of the gospel, 
the good news. Let the light of the gospel shine in your hearts and in your minds to show you the finished work of what Jesus has done right now. There's no more warring, no more fighting, no more striving. Now, all that stops right now. You're just simply saying, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Oh, yes. You know your mind is getting renewed and you're living from a place of freedom when you can look at your past and say, my past never looked so good. It never looked so good. Because now it's a tool. Now it's a weapon. And I can bring it to set other people free. I'm not afraid to say I was addicted to porn and had a sexual addiction for 16 years because I know what it's like to have it as a tool and to be able to look at it and go, <laughs> Satan, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, God, this is so good. This is so good. Yes, Father. Church, if we don't make room for manifestation, if we don't make room for presence, if we don't make room for freedom, we will fight and talk about it and strive and do our little churchy acts and nothing will happen. I'm more interested in something happening. Yes, God. All right, everybody stand up here for a moment. Just everybody all together. And I'm gonna ask this, the brave ones, <laughs> the brave ones who are just simply saying, you know what? I don't wanna live in the churchy church world. I wanna live in the real kingdom. Anybody who just wants a piece of that, I want to ask you to come up here. Stand up the front. Squeeze it all in. Make it up close. Up close here. Up. Make it personal. If you don't know the person you're standing next to and it feels a little awkward, just grab them by the earlobe and tug it on it a little bit, and it'll, then you'll feel like you're friends, okay? Yeah. Right now, yeah, squeeze it up really close. Yes, God. Lord, I'm praying you honor Lord, you honor yieldedness. Like you, I know you do. Honor yieldedness. You honor vulnerability. Lord, you honor honesty. David said, you require truth. Psalm 51, when he was repenting of his sin with Bathsheba, he says, you require truth in the inward parts. You require truth in the inward parts. That, not, that does not mean it's the thing you're supposed to do right. It's the thing you're being honest about. It's the thing you're being truthful about. You, you want me to be truthful on the inside. God, I messed this up. Yeah, and this is where he meets you, right there, right there. So, Father, I'm praying every heart, every mind, every individual right now, I can touch, and even those are the ones I can't touch right now. Lord Jesus, Lord, make a mind shift happen right now. How about, how about a Vulcan mind meld where it melds with your mind? It melds with the king, Right now, it just starts to line up. The renewed mind begins to manifest and no longer do you think about patterns about your brokenness and what's wrong. You think about your healer. You're not defined by your trauma. You're defined by your healer. You're not even defined by your healing. You're defined by your healer. It's the person. So Father, right now, all of it right now, Settle in, settle in deep, Lord. I'm not, I want more than just games. I want more than just a flash in the pan, Lord. We're looking for transformation. We're looking for transformation in a group of people that have an encounter with you, so much so that that forces us to think different. I choose to see my life different because I see what he's saying about me. Right now, every lie, stop. Every demonic influence, stop. If you feel like there's something going on in your mind where even right now you're back and forth and you're fighting it, just say, stop it, Satan. Stop it. 
stop it, get out. My mind is set on the things of God. My mind is being renewed. My trauma, my hurt, my pain is now a point of reference, not a place of residence. It's just a point of reference. It's no longer a place of residence. I do not live there anymore. Anxiety, leave right now. Depression, leave right now. All of it. Yes, I pray for clear, safe kingdom thinking over every mind. Every mind. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Some of you guys, I'm getting pictures of it right now. Some of you guys are going to be at work and you're going to have these euphoric experiences with Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you're not going to be able to figure out why. You don't even know what happened. You can't even figure out how to make it happen again. You're going to start to have euphoric experiences in Holy Spirit, things that you can't even put words to. You can't even describe it to your friends. You're just going to have these experiences with God that are going to so move you deeply on the inside that it changes the way you think. Anybody want that? Yeah, I want that. I want more of that. Church, it's about, this is our mission. Transformation through encounters with God and a revelation of God's goodness. When you have the goodness of God established in your theology, it will determine what you will entertain and what you won't entertain. When you have it established that God is good, it's gonna determine that. It's gonna be the litmus test. It's gonna be the lens. It's gonna be the filter through which everything is seen. Somebody say, God is good. Somebody say it like you mean it. God is good, and he never changes. He never changes. Some of you maybe hold on to that. You start having these mind thoughts, these things happening where you feel yourself going back into old patterns again, shout it out, God, you're good. God, you're good. I'm settling it in my heart. I'm gonna keep declaring it, and I'm gonna declare it over and over and over again to the superior reality of heaven lines up inside of my heart, and the inferior reality of earth begins to disappear, and it doesn't live in my life anymore. That's right. Oh, thank you, God. Yeah, come on up here. This is good. This is good for you guys? Well, I'm feeling good. So I read Genesis um, 40 today, and it's the story of Joseph, and he's in prison. And um, the, the cupbearer, you know, this, this story, the cupbearer and the bread maker, um, they have dreams. They get sent to prison with him, and they have dreams, and he interprets them. And I feel like what, um, but then they don't remember him when they go. His dreams come, the dreams come true as he predicted, and they don't remember him. And I feel like what God's saying is that some of you feel like you've been a second-class citizen for your whole life. That you felt like you've been looked over. You feel like you've been ignored. That people around you have not seen the things that you're capable of doing. And you've never been able to rise up to the place where you feel like your potential is. And I feel like God's saying that he sees you. He sees what you've done. He sees your gifting. He's seen how faithful you are. And he's going to bring you to a place in his glory. Don't look for it from men. Don't look at it from people who have overlooked you. Look to God because he's the one who's been mentoring you. He's the one that's been with you and taught you. For all those places where you've been overlooked, he's not overlooked you. He sees you. So good. Well, I say amen to all of that. You say amen? All right, God. Anybody feeling here feel like God didn't get you? I'm just going to say, God, get them. Get them real good. All right. This is good, guys. This is really good. 
I love to see this. I love to see this response. I feel like we're actually making traction here in the spirit and not just playing games in church. So I hope it's good for you. I really do. I hope it's good. So just give somebody a nice big hug before you leave today and just say God loves you, okay? Can you do that? Of course you can. All right, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.